Hey everybody, welcome to the Savior Podcast, because it's all about Jesus. He's coming, everybody. He's coming soon. The signs are here, you know. I bet you everybody that's trying to just share the gospel feels like Noah, right? When they felt the sprinkles coming, you hear me? No, but it's like three in the morning. I woke up and man, I just started praying. I don't know why, but I couldn't go back to sleep. So I got up. But let me tell you what came to mind. You know, before the Lord saved me, you know, I did all that prison time. And I met a bunch of men. I say a bunch, four or five men that gone to death row were executed. Only one got out, Manir Deeb. He got out and then he died of cancer like eight years later. You know, he got a new trial one. But the other men I met, as they were about to go to their capital murder trials, and they ended up getting death, death sentence, you know. But this is the deal. So I've always studied people, you know, just you're ta- I'm talking to them, but I'm, I'm really paying more attention to them. You know, eye movement, voice inflection, body language, all that. I don't know why. But when I started meeting these men that were going to death row or possibly it's either life or death or you free, go home, you know, not guilty. So, but all these men were guilty except Deeb, you know. And uh, so I talked to them and, and man, you know what, they, they were fearful. You'd see it. Because one dude I asked, David Herman, I asked him straight up. You know, because he was guilty and he knew he was getting the death penalty. I asked him, are you afraid to die, man? And he couldn't answer right away, you know. But he tried to kill himself right before they executed him. He cut his throat and uh, they saved him. Went in there, stopped the bleeding, took him to the hospital, sewed him up. And the next day, they stuck a needle in his arm. See? If you don't know the Lord Jesus, you've got a fate similar, like worse coming. You know, I mean, they'll come and drag you out of that, your death row cell. They'll drag you out of there if you don't walk out on your own and strap you down to that gurney and stick a needle in your arm with poison in it. You know, it's like if them men could have just walked out that door, don't you think they would have? Of course they would. Every person on this planet has a death sentence on them if they don't know the Lord Jesus. You have sinned against God, whether you accept it, believe it, acknowledge it, it matters not. You have sinned against the creator of heaven and earth. And there is only one way to reconcile. One way. That's it. I don't care what people think and all that. Look, it's been proven to me beyond a shadow of a doubt. My life was hell on earth, a leper, blind. All the examples that Jesus gave us that he healed, I was them. And all I did was believed him. I said, I believe you can save me. You can change me because you made me, help me, please. And my life's never been the same. Never, you know, I work, you know. He's changing me. I still have my character flaws. You know, I'm a recluse sometimes. You know, I still struggle. And, but 
man, my soul, my salvation is safe. I have that peace, that blessed assurance. The only thing I struggle with here is other people, you know. People are going to rub us the wrong way. That's why a lot of times I'm alone. I can read the word, listen to the word, do a pocket, whatever. Occupy. I don't have to be around a lot of people. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. The Lord knows everybody. He knows how we're all different. You know, everybody's been through different things. There are some people that are just naturally social butterflies. You hear me? And they just adapt in a room and right away fit in and talk and all that. And some people can't. I'm somewhere in between. Hey, man, we're talking Bible and the word. You can't shut me up. Can't. Can't. You can't shut me up. You know, I mean, that's what I like to talk about. Or, you know, if it's related, if there's, I'm not just going to talk about uh, stuff that's not even relevant. You know, we're talking about this and then I just come up with some violent prison story. Now, if I tell a violent prison story, it probably has a good ending. Like one of the dudes got saved or maybe one of the dudes that got killed and just got saved or whatever. I don't bring up those. Remember, the word talks about, you know, foolish conversations and silly genealogies and, you know, don't let no foolish talk, corrupt talk come out of your mouth. We just went over that in Ephesians 4 toward the end, 28, 29. Anyways, you know, but it's not a boring life, y'all. Life is great now, you know, because look, I know what it's like. You wake up, you're broke, you're strung out. You know, you're going to have to go out and hustle, you know, or you're going to have to lie, call somebody, come up with some story to get $10, $20. I mean, I've been there, you know, as soon as you wake up, you're on the grind. You know, that's a terrible life because you don't care who's going to get hurt because you're an addict and you got to have your medicine. End of story. You hear me? End of story. It doesn't matter. You know, I don't have to wake up like that anymore. Neither do you. You know, I'm telling you, it, it, it looks hopeless when you're in addiction. But where do you start? Huh? What, when you get arrested? Go Like me, it was forced on me. You know, every other time except the last time I went to that sober living house. And Jesus was the difference, you know. Surrounded by people that knew him, believed him. But other every other time, I'd go to jail and kick in there. You know, it wasn't voluntary. You know, that's why I kept going back to prison, maybe. Who knows? You know, but I willingly got clean. And then I turned myself in and and the Lord restored me and all that because I had fell in that last time. I fell into addiction from about 14 to 15 for about a year. Yeah, and then that was it. You know, I turned myself in in 15 Got clean, did two years, got out. It's never been the same. The Lord is faithful. He's kept his word. And I fell and tripped and busted my head and everything along the way. But he's faithfully picked me up and carried me if I couldn't walk on my own, y'all. You know, that's what I'm saying. It's, you know, it's like Texas Hold'em. I'm all in. There is no turning back. There is no alternative. There is no other way to life, and I know it. 
You know, he's proved me. He's given me a great life, you know, and I'm way up here. You know, you see, I remember when I was in prison, I used to hear these dudes, they're getting ready to get out. You hear me? And they're talking all this trash. But like I say, I study people and I watch them. And these dudes are terrified. You know, his mouth is saying, you throw me in any city and I'm going to come up. Yeah, okay. Your eyes are saying you're shivering, cold, and frightened. <laughs> you don't know. But look, I didn't trust my own abilities. I trusted the Lord. And I said, Lord, I know wherever I go, you're with me. I just know that I didn't want to stay in the same area if it was going to be harmful to me, you know. So I left. And more than once. And I go to a strange new city where I don't know a soul. And the Lord establishes me there. He gives me a job. He leads me to a good church family while I'm there. And things go good. I, I don't accomplish some big task. Listen to me. Somewhere along my stay, when I'm just talking to people, telling them, hey, man, I'm from Texas. But I just ride around on my motorcycle and tell people I used to be an addict, man, but Jesus changed me. You know, and he'll do the same for you. I'm just planting seeds. I have no idea what happens. That's up to God. But I'm just praying, believing that one of them homeless dudes that I planted a seed with just shared, you know, loved him just for who he was, helped him out with some cigarettes or whatever. You know, I always try to bless people and just, hey, man, I'll buy you a pack of cigarettes or whatever. You know, I'm just hoping that that seed germinates. Somebody comes along and waters it and the Lord gives the growth, you know, and they repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've been sinning against you. I've been in a pity party or I've been blaming other people, whatever. Fill in the blank. I've done it. Trust me. But when I just said I'm a sinner and sinning against you. Help me. I don't want to be this way. I want to be with you. I believe Jesus died and rose again, you know, and see, he does the work. We don't have to figure everything out. Oh, okay. I think God's at this stage. I feel something happening. No, it's none of our business. We believe him and we trust him by faith and we turn from our sin. Hey, when I was done, I, it was easy for me. I was in a cell. So by the time I got out, he had built me up. I didn't run to that drug. But there are people that want to start that walk in sobriety. They want to get away. They, you know, but they don't know where to start. Right where you're at. But that's where you start. Right where you're at. There ain't no shortcuts, y'all. Sooner or later, the main point is you just got to bow down, humble yourself, and admit, I'm a sinner. God, I've sinned against you and no one else. Hey, that's step one, and you need a Savior. End of story, you know? You know, but like I was saying earlier, all these men that were facing death row, only one of them I know got saved, okay? James Bigby, he got saved, you know, you can read this last words, uh, everybody on Texas death row, you go to that death row website and you can see 
the crime and everything and what were their last meal, what was their last words and all that, you know. And I knew them in 89, 89, 90, we were locked up together. And then uh, he ended up getting death, and, but didn't get executed until like 2010 or 2013. I, it, it, he's on death row 20-something years, okay? But he got saved. See, doesn't matter where you are. You don't have to wait till you go to jail. The Lord will start moving right now. But I'm telling you, before you put your hand to the plow, before you put bet a dollar, know that you're about to go all in. So don't think you can just bet a dollar or two. No, that whole stack, your whole life, all your sins, all your future, everything is about to go in that pot. You're all in. So just get ready. You know, Jesus said, who uh, is going to build a barn and doesn't sit down and make sure he has all the lumber and the labor and everything? Or who's going to go to war and doesn't make sure he has ammunition and, or his army and make confederates with other people and all that? You see, think it through, but listen to me. It would be the best decision you make in your whole life. I promise you. I've been on a journey. Look, from a little cell by myself 23 hours a day in texas he got me out and started just taking me around the country on a motorcycle he gave me myrtle's never broken down she's in a garage covered up for the winter right now she'll be out in april you know and i've gone all over i've gone all over and all i do is tell people i used to be a heroin addict and a criminal and god changed me and he'll do the same for you. That's it. And 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 I, apparently the Lord's pleased that I'm planting seeds because look, he's sustained me. He's given me the ability to work, the strength, the favor. It's him. It's him. All right, y'all, I've carried on long enough. I love you. Pray for me and have a blessed day. In Jesus' name.